Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 13, along with our recommendations on Phoenix Rising, We Crashed, 355, and more. Hi, Margaret. How are you today? Hey. Oh, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad it is sunny outside. Finally. Oh, good. It's sunny here, too. It's always sunny in California. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I wanted to ask you a question. What? (laughs) We've seen a lot of new characters come Uh on to The Walking Dead. Yes. From Terminator and, you know, other movies and shows. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wondered what character from another franchise or TV or movie would you like to see on The Walking Dead? Well, I don't have a specific character, but I do. I really, really enjoy Aquafina, So I would love to see her on The Walking Dead <gasps> in some capacity. Because I think she'd be a, oh, a kick. You're so good. <laughs> She's good, isn't she? She's so versatile. I love that. Yeah? Who would you choose? Do you Are you like a Marvel... Uh, You know, okay, so my first thought went to Marvel, but I'm like, that's kind of cheating, right? Because they all have superpowers, you know, I thought of like Thor and and, and that is related to a movie I I saw, which I'll talk about at the very end here, but (laughs) when we give our recommendations. Mm -hmm. But um, I thought, no, 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 what person, like what kind of a character who was a regular human being with no superpowers (laughs) and... It was hard. It was hard because there's so many great movies out there. And uh, I was trying to think of, you know, Westerns and then Viking days. And I thought of, you know, Game of Thrones. And I thought of 300. And, you know, all these things came into mind. I'm like, no, what about a woman warrior? Some kind of a woman warrior. And it's funny. I thought of... the bride from Kill Bill. I never saw Kill Bill. Well, I was just because she has the sword and she's chopping everybody up and I thought she would be good. But I also thought of um I thought of uh Sigourney Weaver, Ripley in Aliens. <laughs> yeah, no, she would be good too. What about Linda Hamilton? I really like her. I thought of her too. And so I thought I think that would be good especially because they keep picking people from Terminator, right? I love it. You know, our minds could go so many places with this. I can't wait. Hopefully they'll keep bringing them for the rest of the season. We'll, we'll, <laughs> well see. Aren't they finished with the season? I mean, haven't they taped everything? So they've shot everything. But I didn't know Michael Bean was going to be on this one. He so. looked nothing like he did in Terminator. I mean, I was like, I know him, but I don't know him. He just... Right. I thought the same it thing. It was hard to I tell agree. it was him. His voice wasn't even the same. Yeah. So... No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Ah, okay. Friends out there, let us know what you think. What character from another franchise or TV movie would you like to see on The Walking Dead? We want to know. Leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. I would love to know. Me too. We would love to hear from you. The links are in the show notes. All right, so episode 13, Warlords. 
Michael Bean, as we already discussed, love the actors coming from Terminator franchise. So in this episode, some really big things happen. And Maggie seems to be losing more of her community. And Aaron and Father Gabriel go on an outreach run as we meet a new community. And Negan reappears. So let's dig in, Margaret. What did you think of this episode? I thought it was a great episode. I loved it. I loved that they covered all the characters. They revealed so much more about how the um, Commonwealth operates under um, Pink Suit Guy. What's his name? Lance Hornsby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lance. I thought it opened brilliantly with the arrow through the air and into the guy. I thought that was so Cool. cool. I loved it. I know. And then the guy coming in on the horse, you know, these are all guys because mm-hmm. we don't know their names. And then even I into the episode would not know the name. But regardless, <laughs> it was it was fascinating to me because they went back to how they used to do it because they used to start with the end. You know, they used to show the ending and then they would s- jump into the episode. So it, the beginning was the end and then you were building it all through the episode. So that's yeah. how they. Uh-huh. that's what I remember them doing. So I really like that format. And I'm so glad that they went back to it. But I was I was amazed at all of the little intricacies and how everything was woven together and all the revealing aspects of the Commonwealth mm-hmm. and Lance and the CIA guy. I mean, he was new and he was, you know, the thing, the, the pivotal thing to me about it, which I'm kind of jumping ahead of our conversation, but they're still all playing roles. And they all refer to them as roles. So everybody knows they're just kind of putting up this front. So what's really going on is the question. I mean, we know that they want to, they're marauders, that they want to take over everything and kill everybody. And our group is just so, they want to believe that they're good. You know, some of those people, they're just so stupidly strung along because they really want to believe because they're so wiped out and spent and emotionally just taxed. They just want something to be good for once in their lives. So they latch onto this and then they realize, ugh, reality sucks. (laughs) Yeah, right? So it it was, I thought it was a really, really, it set up a lot of different um, potential, I guess, um, encounters and storylines and the interconnections of, everybody on the show. I just thought it was, I thought it was really, really kind of cool. The only one we didn't see really was Daryl. And you would have thought maybe we'd see Daryl as one of the stormtrooper guys, but he wasn't in that pack. So, Mm-mm. um, and neither was Mercer. Yeah. So he wasn't in there either. So it would have been, you know, what would have been really interesting would be to have those two or Mercer and his group in with those other people to see how they would have reacted to what was actually going to be happening, which was pre-planned by the CIA guy, hence Lance. Lance putting all this stuff in motion and then just yeah. kind of bringing it, you know, tricking everybody in to, to you know, be the delegates, so to speak, or the, the ambassadors of goodwill unknowingly, you know, falling into this situation that was pre already predetermined. Right? But I think this information is going to be withheld from Daryl and Mercer, right? Because yes, because they would 
especially Daryl would flip on knowing this, right? right? Because he'd so be would like, Mercer. what the hell? So, yes. And so would probably Mercer. He would probably right. react sooner than later because, yeah. you know, we've talked about how we think he's going to come yeah. to this side yeah. and yeah. align. Yeah. So but I, and I, it just would have set that up faster. I mean, it, what it would have done was it would have driven a wedge between all of those, that group in power, Lance and his little whatever you want to call them, the people who follow him. And then the rest of the community who think Lance is this great guy and Pamela's this great woman and, you know, that they have a whole different mission. But their mission is becoming very clear, at least Lance's is. And I think Pamela is right along there with him, even though she plays like she's not. Well, I think he's still hiding a lot of stuff from her. Oh. You know, he said... Or he sent out a mission, but he took, what did he say exactly? When he took those guns and there was something that they had in this wagon that they haven't divulged what it is yet, but right. he it was supposed to go somewhere, but he took it and used it for his own agenda that she's oh. not aware of. And that's why he sent Toby, the CIA guy. Yes, okay. he told him. He doesn't want Pamela to find out. That's the whole thing, because she'll notice that things are missing. And so he yes. wants to send the CIA guy in to go handle everything so that he doesn't get found out. Yeah. With so the he disposable people. Right. Yes. But do you, so don't you, don't you think that kind of points to the direction that he has got his own little group of course. uprising thing yes. planned? Well, yeah, I don't but know. But we just uh, haven't met yeah. them yet. We haven't met them yet. Right. Or everybody or who's involved or. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think any of the, the main Walking Dead characters are involved in that. I think oh, they're no, just no, being no. strung no. along. And Oh, of course. I agree. Yeah. yeah I love this episode so much, too. Uh, I was really excited watching it. I I loved it because I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I was like yeah. making noises like, ah, ah, you know, I was so yeah. excited. And uh, so it was really good. And, you know, it started off after they showed Hilltop. Mm -hmm. They came to the Commonwealth and we saw Father Gabriel giving oh. a sermon. Yeah. And I just felt, oh, man, he was in his element. And he looked good. Like, he looked really good. Like, he just shaved. <laughs> he looked all in shape. He looked all clean. All the parishioners looked clean. Uh, even Aaron. I noticed how bright Aaron's yeah. pants were. I'm like, what are you doing wearing such light-colored pants in an apocalypse? Where'd you get those? <laughs> and I did notice it. I'm like, geez, these people are dressed just like any other day. And Inside that church of theirs, you would have never known there was an apocalyptic world outside of this right. because it just right. looked like a regular scene from a regular uh, movie or a regular show or a regular mm -hmm. life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. but, you know, we see Aaron talk with Father Gabriel and say, you know, you look, you know, you look really happy. And mm -hmm. Father Gabriel says, yeah, you know, I, I heard him again. He's talking to me again. And, and, Oh, I, I felt really happy for him. And by the end of it, we were really sad for him, really sad for Father Gabriel, because everything that he had in that moment, he can't have that in that way again, right? Because he's not going to return to the Commonwealth. He's not going to have that again. How do you know he's not going to go back? I don't think so. I don't think he's going back to the Commonwealth. Not after they tried to shoot him. No, I don't. Or shoot Aaron. I mean, it was just that group. It was not the, it wasn't the Commonwealth. It's this, 
it's this fraction. But that you know? group will still try to kill them, I, I believe. So that's what I think, because they don't want them to spill the beans on what's happening. I felt sad for Father Gabriel because he it's like finally when you get something, just like Eugene, Eugene finally got what yeah. he, we, he thought he wanted and then he lost it. And I feel yeah. the same thing is happening with Father Gabriel. He's getting something and now he's lost it. That's how I felt during this. Now, whether he gets it back, that would be great if he does. And maybe he'll get it in a different way. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if he'll get it back the way he had it here. Or maybe it'll be a different avenue there. Hopefully. I hope yeah. so. But I, I just felt um, deflated in a way for him because I thought, oh, he was finally happy. And now it's changed. Well, it's it's moment to moment. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. And then with Aaron. Oh, I, he is so naive. Well, I I guess. But this Toby guy was so good at what he does. I mean, I thought this Toby guy was this inept, high energy person and then all of a sudden he's this assassin and i was fooled and so i guess aaron was too and so was father gabriel they all uh, were totally totally well he's a good actor he played the Ex roles yes but so why do you think they took that kid why he handpicked that kid right to yeah. go with them why would he yeah. take some kid who was completely naive i mean what right. do you think the purpose of that was i don't know the purpose of that but all i can think is that maybe Toby didn't think it would go that way. Maybe he thought it was just another run because they have been on other runs previously together. Of course, he knew he might have to kill this guy, though. I don't know. I don't no, know why no, he no. took him. I don't know. I think I yeah. think the plan was to go in and kill all those people. No, you're right. That's where yeah. they thought that all the the stash you know, weapons or cash of weapons and then whatever else was in the, the transport was was and he didn't believe yeah. anybody but he i think his his character is he's psycho i mean a sociopath i mean it kind yeah. of has to be to be able to kill people like that even though they're telling right. you the truth and you know yeah. they're like, whatever you can tell um, they're telling the truth he didn't care he, he did nope. not nope. care no nope. if they That's had him scary. they would have said it at some point they would have you know yeah i know and what well if they had him why wouldn't they have just picked everybody off before they even got there. So you know what's funny too is it made me wonder why did did Lance set up the CIA guy too because he was so he said oh the tracks led up to these people well did it really and who uh, or did someone take it those you know the guns and whatever it is before it got to these people I think the guy said I think Ian the Michael Bean character said that they found. Mm -hmm. The yeah, the tricks or something. Yeah, after things had been taken already, so right. they. That's why probably their tracks were there. So maybe Lance, Lance was giving what he thought was the right information. He just wanted them off the planet because. Okay, so my first impression of that place is like New York City ghetto because it's a high rise. Everybody, you know. They all look like they're either drug addicts, drug dealers, ex-cons. They all look like they're rough and tumble people just because of the way they're dressed and the tattoos and just the whole mannerisms and the gruffness and just not, they're not smiling saying, hey, how you doing? Welcome to our <laughs> abode. You know, they're, they're out there making them lose their weapons and then putting the fear of God in them because then they're searching them on top of that and they're taking them yeah. in and locking them in. So the whole thing to me, it seemed like a prison almost that they were going into and then they're all being locked in there and 
they didn't know what was going to happen. And then with all those right. heads on the wall, I mean, that was a yeah. scare tactic as well, because right. you have to show that you're in power. You have the means to do this to somebody if you need to. And it's just, it's really interesting. Um, the whole, well, why would I tell you where I am? Or you know where I am. Why won't you tell me where you are? What are you afraid yeah. of? Right. And uh-huh. they were there to kill these people because they were afraid. This is, was my thought process that they, regardless of whether they took the, the weapons or not, Lance sent them on a mission to annihilate all the people in there because they're afraid of them fight, you know, the element coming into the Commonwealth or invading or taking or seizing, you know, breaking in and then, you know, causing wreaking havoc. So I think that's, I think it was a, a spot check slash annihilation. And there was no, I don't even know if there were weapons, right? He just wanted yeah. to get rid of these. He just wanted to get rid of these people because they were a risk, period. Yeah. That's, that's what I really thought. Ah, uh, man. And he was about to shoot Aaron point blank. Like if that had a bullet in it, Aaron yeah. would be dead. And Aaron just like looked at him like, okay, this is it, right? Yeah. And oh my god i'm like oh my god i can't believe you almost shot aaron that was just killing me <laughs> does he have a spinoff too <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to tell if he's gonna live <laughs> okay let's talk about maggie and lydia I thought that the talk that they had in the truck felt very real, very mm-hmm. authentic. Mm-hmm. I liked hearing Maggie's story and what Lydia had to say and Elijah had to say. Although I thought, oh, Elijah has this thing for Lydia, though. Of course, he's going to side with her. Yeah. Uh, and I, I found it interesting because I felt like Maggie was the mom Talking totally. to her teenage daughter. I mean, I really mm-hmm. got that vibe, even though Maggie isn't that old, but it still felt that way to me. And yeah. I just really um, appreciated Maggie trying to convey this wisdom and, and what she's learned along the way and, and try to tell Lydia, uh, you know, why she doesn't trust the Commonwealth and, and, mm-hmm. But Lydia's like, oh, I'm tired of living like this. I mean, gosh, her mom was alpha, so she lived a really rough life. So it's not like Lydia doesn't know the world out there, right? It's not like right, she's been right. sheltered at all. She mm-hmm. gets it. And so now she just, um, you know, she wants it to be stable. She wants to have a stable life. And so I really, and then her eyes were all welled up with tears. And then Maggie's eyes were welled up with tears because Maggie thought, oh my gosh, you know, I think she was self assessing, you know, am I making the right decision? You know, I think I am. And that's when she asked Elijah, what do you think about this? And I just liked that whole scene. I thought it was Mm -hmm. really well done between those two. Yeah. What'd you think of that? I I felt the same. I mean, because I felt like Lydia really, I never really liked Lydia. Now that she's older, I'm beginning to appreciate her more. And it might have just been the way that they had her play her character early on. But I just thought, what a dumb girl she is. And so loyal to somebody who's just so corrupt and so vicious and mean and evil, her mother. So, and then she latched on to Negan. (laughs) So, I mean, it was like, goes from bad to worse to, you know, you just don't know where this girl's going to end up. But I really, I thought it was a really nice um, connection that they had and that she... 
you know, by becoming so emotional and vulnerable, she was showing Maggie, you know, what it's, what, what it's really like for just the common regular person going through all this stuff. Cause Maggie has become this hardened individual. And most of that probably is because of, you know, what Negan had done to the group way back when, cause she didn't used to be like that. She was this sweet, no. helpful. And then she just suddenly turned and, and uh, you kind of have to like move on from stuff like that or it's going to drag you down. So maybe she's learning from Lydia who came from a worse, worse place right. than Maggie had right. ever seen. Yes. That yes. you can flip it and, and try to find good and stability. So I, li- I liked it because it was a good um, emotional connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it was purposeful. It wasn't just like, you know. I know. I did. I really, yeah, I really liked it. But, and I like that it it showed where Maggie's head was at. I like that she gave an example of why she felt she was making the right decision about talking about Herschel and the farm and those developers who came and tried to take it over. Yeah, but I know, but it's still something you learn, right? Something you've learned and you're, uh, and I still, okay. I am still on the Maggie bandwagon here because I really think (laughs) the Commonwealth are corrupt, bad. There's just something about, and I know it's not all of them. I realize it's not all of them. And I realize you can have all this other stuff, but you're going to sell something out. You're going to lose something by going there. Now, it depends on what that, see, everybody should have their own say if that's what they want to do. But I also think they're going in a little bit blind because they think one thing and who's to say what you're really you know, what you really have to give up there. I don't know yet. But they don't, and, and, but see, they sell it, this, they sell it, you know, sunshine and puppies. They don't yeah. tell you what really is happening until right. you're in there. Then you experience it firsthand. And then you're already in there and they've already mind messed you. Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, I mean, right. and it's easier. I mean, they're, they're in a bubble. They let, that's what I was thinking. They just, this 10 year bubble. So, that's what they said. They've been like this for 10 years, right? Or this has been established right. for 10 years. Exactly. So that was the other thing that I thought was kind of fascinating was because these people, that's why these guys, you can't train them to be the stormtrooper guys because they've been soft. They're soft. They haven't experienced anything difficult or harsh other than maybe somebody wandering in, you know, dead body guy or woman wandering in. Um, a walker and then they kill them, but they usually they don't even see that. So it's all, it's like sending these children off to war, you know, I mean, 18 year olds who've never seen anything and then boom, their buddy next, next them gets blown up or shot up and then they come back warped, you know? So it's really, I mean, it's a comment, it's a huge commentary on everything that's going on. That's been going on in real life, I think. This, yeah. this whole story. Well, this is how I felt. I thought every time we see a community build up and it's big enough, there's always something wrong with it. And then it makes you wonder, do we really want to build up and be a part of that? Or do you want to be? It's so hard. It's it's such a struggle in this world, uh, in this apocalyptic world, in our world, too. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it just... Although I'm not in it, and if I'm starving and I'm having to fight off walkers every day, I'd probably be able to take me to the Commonwealth. But um, I know, yeah, yeah, it depends on what you're willing to sacrifice for. You know, the safety and what did what did Lydia say that uh, she doesn't want change? She just wants to be stable, like everyday life. Now, what did I say last week? 
just as a rule, change is bad. I mean, for yeah. to sum up the whole, what did I learn from the episode? Yeah. But um, the other thing, though, is that we don't know is what Maggie endured and went through while she was not right. anywhere because she's not talked of that at all. So I think it would have been better for her to reference some experience that she'd had, which was on a parallel to right, the situation now. now. Instead uh-huh. of, oh, the people wanted to come and buy our land and they kept adding, you know, more and more and we knew we'd get out of it. But it just was so not, not even on the same apples and oranges. Right. Didn't even I get work. It. Didn't fit. I mean, Lydia doesn't give a shit. She's never grown up on a farm, you know? I mean, it just was not, it was not a good example. So. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts or tidbits? What I found really kind of interesting is that this um, Toby guy, the CIA guy, really sold himself as this, I need help, I need help. And I found it fascinating that the two, Aaron and Gabriel, were just a little hesitant. I mean, Aaron, no. Gabriel, yes. Hesitant to go and follow through with this whole Let's meet the guys in this, you know, seven-story brick building with people in the windows with guns and, uh-huh. you know, hatchets and the whole deal. And you want us to what? And then they have the whole armed Navy force, not Navy, but the whole army behind them and, you know, ready to, why are they there? Why do they have so many people there? And what is this little kid coming along? I mean, I just thought that they didn't put their thinking caps on completely. I mean, Aaron, especially, I don't know what his deal is, but he's just too dumb for dumb. You know, I mean, he, he's so gullible. No, he's just the character. He's been through so much, lost his arm, got this big old whatever, you know, I mean, it just, and he's a tough guy, but I think he's, he's struggling between being an authority type figure and toeing the line and doing you know, what he thinks is right or what he knows is staring him in the face. And Gabriel's a better judge of character because of just his reaction and his his ability to be emotionally prepared for what was going to happen. Because mm-hmm. Aaron, mm-hmm. hey, let me show you some pictures. Flip, flip. This is where we live. Like, who the What? And that was kind of goofy. But he did talk down Ian from shooting yes because he's a good negotiator he's a great negotiator but he did not he he didn't if he even had any tickle in his gut you know about the cia guy well yeah no one did yeah well neither did the ian guy no but i i think that i think that gabriel i think he kind of knew what was going on i mean i think he he anticipated it better than um aaron so not yeah, that he was giving he the lines or the, everything else, but I mean, he was just a little, he just seemed to be a little more on the ball than buying a hook, line, and sinker like Aaron. So. Well, I also think because Aaron had been on the road with this guy already, so I think he probably felt like he kind of knew him a little bit, oh, where, where yeah. Father Gabriel didn't know him at all, and so he was sizing right. him up right then, and he's all, hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know about you. Oh, but I did, my other little tidbit, I loved... How at the end everybody merged. I thought that was great. Negan and Maggie and oh, all the oh, other people—they all, all were on the same path to follow. You know, because of what Negan did with the kid and the map. Yeah. You know, even though kid never said, "Tell Maggie," you know, he's because he died before he's able to say anything. 
Because I yeah, rewatched I the beginning too. just to see if that was actually what happened. And it wasn't what happened. But they knew that it was somebody who they just knew. And they trusted that it was a good thing, not a bad thing. So, And I was curious about that group that was with Negan, that whole group. Were they all a part of... Yes. that community and so is he so is he but they no i know i i realized that but then they seem so different than i felt like they were a group that had come there maybe together because they felt different than the group that we saw at the door oh they yeah. just felt like a different group they felt a little more and i don't even remember but my vibe would be more gypsy-ish yeah and transient. uh i'll be interested to see what happens with them well, but you don't know. I mean, you could it could all just be a front, you know, a tough guy. But are you really a tough guy? The people at the door have to be the tough guys. But right, the people inside right. can be yeah. not Who so they tough. Are. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We didn't see that girl again. And I found her so like, I like the look. I'm like, oh, I like you, but I'm afraid of you. <laughs> yeah, that's the point, right? <laughs> and and I and I liked that, right? Um, but mm-hmm. we didn't see her later on, so I wonder if she no. survives or if she doesn't. We'll we'll see. They're not done, right? They have to continue. They're not. So. Yes, yes. And uh, I just wanted to mention that Jason Butler Harner played Toby, so because he was really good. He was really I've good in that role. I've never seen that guy in anything. Have you? I I have seen him. Yes, I think he's in Ozark, but I'm not sure what else. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We are at our segment and the award goes to. And so my favorite quote character or moment in this episode, and that's Negan. We get to see him reinvent himself. And he seems to really be bonding with this new woman. I don't know how long it's been, but I I like her. You know that I wonder how he met her on the road. I don't know if we'll ever find that out. But and I love that he helps Father Gabriel and then tells that I think it was Jesse who's the writer uh, to get this information to Maggie and uh, that Aaron and Gabriel are in trouble. And I just, I don't know why, I just found it so interesting that he said her name, Maggie. I don't know. There's just something like he knew she would come. I just feel the start of that new show, Isle of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just... I just like it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What did you think? Who's your favorite? I Well, I, I as you did, liked that also. I thought that was very um, revealing for him to say that. And I, and I, you know, I'd said, I don't think she's going to kill him. And I don't think he's going to kill her. Just not just because right. of the spinoff, but because of everything that has happened. And, you know, I think she totally identified with him a couple episodes back with what he had to go through and why he hit what he hit rock bottom emotionally, mentally, morally, ethically, because she did too. Because I think she finally, she's still learning. I think she's finally identified that she is just as bad as he could be, you know, just, and the power goes to your head. So by her listening to Lydia earlier shows that she's, and she's a woman and we have a tendency to consider every, may not be how we go, but at least we listen to what people have to say. And if it's plausible or valuable or like a causative sort of thing, that's going to impact an outcome that I think we would could be swayed. I think I think it's just, you know, she's the female Negan and he's 
He's just Negan. He's never going to be Maggie, but he's turning into Maggie because he's becoming more sensitive and more concerned and revealing a little bit more about his past. You know, he lost his family and his wife. And what did he used to do? What was his occupation? It was the- Wasn't he a gym teacher? I thought so. Some A teacher of some kind. And, And so, you know, it's just- I don't know. It's kind of interesting because some people are reverting. They're, I think they're trying to get back to where they were, you know, go full circle um, mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I really liked that scene. I just liked the whole thing where everybody just kind of converged on the building and then right. they're going to clean house, man. <laughs> I think yeah. it's going to be great. <laughs> I I think it's so. going to be great too, which kind of leads us into our next, um, <laughs> our next uh, question, which is tell me one thing you learned in this episode and what are you looking forward to in The Walking Dead? Well, I want to, I want to know. So the big question is, where are the guns? I mean, who took the guns if there actually were guns or supplies or whatever, you know, was the reason for them going in there in the first place. And then also I, the thing that really rang true was that they're, they're even though they're all separated, they're still very bonded. They're still Mm -hmm. much a family. They all care about each other, regardless of their politics, regardless of the stupid things that they decide to do or the smart things that they decide to do. Um, And they still have a lot of respect for each other and they really love each other. So I thought that was really kind of unique, you know? I love that. That's so true. That's why I love The Walking Dead. So the thing that I learned through this episode, specific episode, was live in the moment because things can turn on a dime, which Mm -hmm. is what we had talked about uh, with Father Gabriel here. And I can't wait to see how things pan out with Negan and and what will happen with the rest of the group. Now that Toby and the Commonwealth have tried to kill Aaron and Father Gabriel. And now that the Commonwealth knows where all the communities are at. So it just makes me wonder how, you know, what's going to happen. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the next episode. I have a prediction. I think that they're going to wipe out all of those stormtrooper guys and then um CIA guy Toby or whatever his character name is he's going to end up going back and Lance is going to blame him for everything and he's going to be the scapegoat just like you know classic CIA oh the CIA did it you know and then that'll be that they'll get rid of him and then it'll be happily ever after because nobody will be the wiser I mean, it's right. the same thing. He's setting, he sets everybody up to take the fall for his shenanigans. And yeah. he puts them out there to test the waters, completely insulating himself because he uses these people who nobody really knows that well. So that's why he's using the warriors, which are our people, you know, the Walking Dead people, the character, yeah. the original cast, and throwing them in all these situations just to see how they, it's like a science project. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm excited to see that we only have a few more episodes in this uh, part two. All right. That wraps up our conversation on The Walking Dead. Margaret, I would like to know what else are you currently watching? I saw the previews on Apple TV Plus for We Crash. It's Jared Leto, who I love. He's an incredible actor. And then Anne Hathaway, who can hold her own. I mean, she's she's pretty good. I like her. I like her. Depending upon the role. And um, it's a... Not a biopic, but it's about a real story that actually happened. And it's based on a podcast, believe it or not, that was done. Um, and it's about if you remember, if you ever listened to the news and what the new things that were coming into development, like 
60 Minutes. I love 60 Minutes. And I think they did a story or CBS this morning did a story about how um, what's happening for all these little entrepreneurs is they're renting space, turning into office space. So it's sort of a communal workspace. So you don't have to rent your own office space. You're all sharing the resources and all this other stuff. So this movie basically is about that guy and our TV show is about that guy. And it shows him and he's um, originally Israeli. So he's not from this country, but he came over to study. And I think he gets sidetracked because he's Mr. Oh, I got this great idea. You know, he just starts all these startups and comes up with all, he's trying to be an inventor and he comes up with this idea um, kind of by way of having communal living space, kind of like a dormitory space, but then he flipped it into workspace. So it's selling the idea to the New Yorkers and his relationship with Anne Hathaway and how that develops and they end up getting married. So it, it they only release three episodes at a time. So I'm at three. So I don't know. It just was released, I think, on Friday. And I watched it on Saturday. And I just, it was, it was interesting. He's a very, um, just a crazy kind of guy. You know, he makes something out of absolutely nothing. It's, it, it's fascinating. But the podcast is called Wondery. So, and then for movies, 355, I saw the previews for, and I thought it looked really, really good. And I rented it from Redbox and it's about the, the story starts out with a chip or a, an algorithm really, which is in the way of a, a chip or a plug-in for a computer. And um, what it does is it almost acts like an atomic bomb. So it can turn off your electricity. You can just disable everything electronic or every signal, whatever. So it turns off the Wi-Fi. It turns off the cell phone. You know, it can take down an airplane because it takes out the guidance. So, of course, it's trying to be sold on the black market. And um, the opening scene is the kid who came up with this, you know, crazy algorithm. Um, and then because it's he gets killed because somebody's trying to steal it because it would mean they control the world if they have the thing. So it's this chase after this chip and it goes from hand to hand to hand, ends up in an auction. And it's all the uh, female spy super agents who come together as a force to try to get it back or retrieve it, even though each was trying to find it for their own country. Uh And, uh, and because of circumstance, they all got together to do it, together as the foursome and then it became five with the auctioneer lady they they're pretty ruthless the people are trying to get it back from from whoever has it so it's just i thought it was pretty good it's you know and i think it it might have gotten panned just because it's women doing all this male macho stuff because if guys were doing it wouldn't be a big deal but it's these women who are tough little ladies and you know, I just I just thought it was interesting, but it's called the three five five because back in the during the American Revolution, the female spies were three were called three five five. So that's where that comes from. Isn't it just Jessica Chastain in this movie? Yeah, yeah, actually, Daryl's Daryl's wife, Daryl. You know, oh, uh, Diane Kruger. Kruger, she's the blonde. Uh-huh. She's uh-huh. been in quite a few really cool series too. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, that are like on Netflix. But um yeah. so I like her. I think she's really good. But she yeah. plays the German. So but uh, yeah, she's one of them. And then there's an Asian lady who's the auctioneer lady. And then there's an African American lady who's British. And then um 
Penelope Cruz. She's in it. Yeah, she's the, but she's not a spy. She's just, she's a psychotherapist. So, <laughs> okay. But anyway, so that's, well, that's what I saw over the weekend. What, what are you, what are you watching on TV? Are you watching anything or? Uh, I, I watch all my shows. I, I continue with them, but I just started Temptation Island. Oh my God. I, I can't help it. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I've watched like four seasons already. I don't know if this is a fifth season. I don't know because there was wow. a reboot. It played back in the however many years ago and then it restarted like a year ago or something. And so I don't know why I get attached to these things about couples that are together and they're questioning if they should continue or not and they go to temptation island and all the the there's the four couples and the four men go with all these women and these four women go with all these men and of course they get tempted right and it ends up that you see each there's a bonfire and at the bonfire they show the women like 30 seconds of their man Maybe with another woman, maybe when they're sleeping or supposed to be sleeping. I don't know. And the same thing happens on the bonfire at the men's um, place. So they see terrible things. I don't know why anybody, any couple would put themselves through this, but guess For who's watching card. it? <laughs> guess who's watching it? And oh then my at God. the end, and then at the end, they reunite. And they decide if they're leaving together, they can leave together, leave with somebody else or leave alone. So, wow. <laughs> but yes, but yes, wow. I'm watching it again. Uh, but okay, <laughs> on a more serious note, as far as movies, I did watch Phoenix Rising on HBO Max. It's a documentary. Um, it's actress and activist Evan Rachel Wood takes her experience as a survivor of domestic violence to pursue justice, heal generational wounds and reclaim her story. And I took that snippet. I read it and I thought it was perfect. So I just had to read that. Um, but you know, it's very emotional watching this. Uh, it could be a trigger for, for some people. She really talks about, um, what she has endured and talks about her family. And uh, I just really felt for her in this. I really felt for her a lot. And I really liked her from a young age. I saw her in 13, but I also saw her in a TV show. And right now it escapes me, the TV show. But I really liked her character. I thought she was a great actress when she was 13, 14 years old. And so um, mm -hmm. it's... it's uh, it's kind of it's heartbreaking watching it, but I, I I feel like it's it's really worth watching. So it's very it's really well done, and you see it from told from her like she does all the talking. It's not like someone asking her questions or someone interviewing her. No, she's leading everything and bringing you mm. on her journey. So How I really it? liked it. It's a two parter. It's oh, okay. a two parter. So like an hour or. I think they were one of them, like two hours. I think it was an hour okay. apiece, approximately. Hmm. I also saw Mortal on Prime. This is a 2020 fantasy adventure. It's a Norwegian movie. Basically, an origin story about a young man who has mythological powers and a psychologist who tries to help him. What's interesting, it, it has Thor um, remnants in here which is what I had talked about at the beginning, why I want, I thought about Thor coming on The Walking Dead. But um, 
I, I really wasn't sure how well I liked this movie, but yeah, the husband really liked it. I was surprised. Um, it's It was different. <laughs> was it subtitled? No, it wasn't. But what was oh. interesting was it starts off showing this guy having these powers. And what it is, is like everything he touches burns. And if his emo and he's uh, affected by emotions, so if something upsets okay. him, makes him anxious, makes him mad, he can burn things and he can burn like trees. He can burn, he can cause lightning. He can like cause all starter. sorts of things. It's, yeah, so it's not exactly. really original. Yeah. I mean, Stephen it King, is, right? It is, it is kind of like fire, fire starter, but then it goes into, I, I don't want to give it all away, but it does lend itself to Thor also. Okay, mm. it just does. Okay. And um, but she's the psychologist, um, you know, begins like a, a relationship, you know, cares for him and then tries to help him. And you see their journey. So it, it's different. Huh. Let me say that. Mm. And so, you know, mm. it's it's a movie to watch. All right, Margaret. Thank you for your recommendations and your <laughs> insights on The Walking Dead. I can't wait for next week for us to do this all over again. I know, it'll be fun. You're welcome. All right, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 14. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.